Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar of pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. All right, Lorenzo Alexander is here. It is the lowdown. 15 years in the NFL, and he joins us now for the next hour, as he does every Thursday. Zoe, what's going on? Doing well. Um, just had a chance to have breakfast this morning with my cousin, catch up a little bit about our families and stuff, and I'm good. Yeah. You know, joyful, grateful, you know, even amongst some adversity and going through some tough times, kind of just talking about, you know, being in Buffalo and what that meant last week and what that community uh, bonded over in DeMar Hamlin. Um Doing really well. Got to con- reconnect with some people and, and hang out and mentor. Was, you know, just in my element. Really love Buffalo and the people. And so I know we have a ton of transplants here. And I uh, just want to say I'm, I'm grateful uh, yeah. just for the, the, the type of uh, culture and the type of people you guys are, you know, and the way you support your players. That is so cool, man. Yeah. Any stories, any little anecdotal stories you'd like to drop in here about going back there or about Damar, what you heard about Damar Hamlin? Or um, it's okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have any anecdotal stories, but um, it, it, you know, for me, you know, being a mentor to a lot of guys, I had an opportunity. Um, obviously, my, my not obviously, my oldest son went with me. He's twelve. Um, wants to play football. Oh, that's cool. Um, and so we had a conversation, you know, kind of around football and what you're really, you know, risking when you step on the football field because he's yeah. a guy that always wants to play. And I was, you know. This is something, a side note. But this is what daddy is trying to protect you from as long as possible, right? I'm not going to not let him play, but um, I want to make sure that he's in the best position to play a dangerous game in the safest way, if that makes sense. No, it does. Right? I had to have the yeah. same conversation and, with Leonard James. Right, and so this was a, um, I hate that I had to use this strategy, but this was a great example of this is what guys subject themselves to. This is, in a, uh, you know, on the far end of the spectrum, but these are things that you have to think about when you step on the football field. But in addition to that, I got to sit down with three linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, um, Terrell Dotson, three guys that was there. I spent different times because Matt Milano, I think, is the oldest of them, but spent a lot of time in meeting rooms with those guys, and we got a chance to go out to dinner. Tried to get a couple of rookies to come with us, but they was fearful that I was going to make them pay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they didn't show up. I probably well, I wouldn't have done that to them, but I, I told them, I said, man, I want you to come, but I want you to pay for this dinner. Where'd you go? Can I ask where'd you go to dinner? It's a, spot, it's a new spot. It's called The oh, Grange. Okay. It's okay. a Grange. So it's a new community restaurant, and they've really grown and part of the community, really good, good food. Um <clears throat> But to be able to have conversations about those guys, their families, see their maturity level, um, see them to begin to ask me, hey, what's transition like? You know, yeah. what does that look like to you? What's been some of your hardest struggles and transitions? So we, ball was a part of it, um, but life and, you know, mentorship and seeing where they've evolved into as young men uh, was the majority of it. And then so for them cool. to obviously embrace my son, which I don't see why they wouldn't, but to have that, to see that and them engage him, 
to see him pay it forward, it was it was really cool. So tough. Um, great stuff there. And I, I want to get into just the. I mean, Buffalo. I think is is the team everybody. Unless you have a team that you're rooting for. Right? If you're a right. Dolphins fan, you're not rooting for the, the Bills. But I, I think that's kind of... And, and honestly, man, I, I kind of feel like it was that way even a month ago. You know, and now obviously with that, what happened last week. And it, it's, it's unbelievable how quickly DeMar Hamlin has made the progress he has. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's... It, I keep saying unbelievable. I almost feel like I shouldn't say unbelievable in relation to anything else now after what's happened over the last week and a half. Um, we're going to get back into that. I want to I want to pass this along from Adam Schefter. It says, Denver is scheduled to be the first team this month to have an in-person head coach interview with Sean Payton per source. The Broncos and Payton are scheduled to meet Tuesday morning in L.A. Tuesday's the 17th, right? Mm-hmm. That's the day it's, you can start doing this. When you hear that, Zoe, any any concern if you are if you're the Cardinals and you want to get him that somebody else can get to talk to him first? Um, I don't know if I. I mean, unless Denver. I mean, unless Denver throws a whole bunch of money at him, which they have to. I know you was talking about Jeff Bezos over there yesterday, right? It's going to be hard to get him out of there without throwing a boatload of money. So I think from that perspective, the resources that they have available. Um, I know there's kind of mixed reviews about Russ uh, as far as who he is as a quarterback and some of the cultural things that is going on there, but you still have a a, um, a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, right? You still have a great defense, and I think as I think if we think Sean Payton can come in here and fix the Arizona Cardinals issues, right? I think he is also uh, capable and equipped to go into Denver and fix some of the underlining issues that is going on there because it, you know, you can kind of say. Which one is worse? But they have some issues that they have to take up. But I don't know if it's as far as here, especially when you think about some of the pieces and the experience they have, especially at the quarterback position and where he's been and what he's been able to accomplish throughout his career at this point. And I think obviously Sean Payton being the, the guru that he is, that that um, shift and getting Russ back to where he is is a lot smaller than what we have to overcome here when we think about Kyler Murray's. Uh, youth in the game, um, his his you know this is his fourth year, but then also the injury. But who knows? Maybe Sean Payton is looking for a big challenge. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes when you've done things, you know what we saw what he did with Drew Brees, um, somebody that was hurt and kind of dismissed and looked over, and he was able to transfer transform him into a Hall of Fame caliber uh, quarterback. Um, you say, man, I can do that too with Kyler, right? And so maybe that's what he's looking for to, to add to his legacy of what he's been able to do in this league so far. So Yeah, you know, once again, um, I think each organization has their strengths, of course. I think it's interesting that the Denver Broncos as well, they're supposed to interview David Shaw. Okay. I don't know if you saw that yeah. right there from Stanford, Stanford right? Nah, I don't know if you want a Stanford man running your organization, but <laughs> hey, hey, to each, to each their own. To each the their own. guy about the Stanford. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> Got he exactly does, what he does I play wanted. physical football now. I'll give him, if I'm going to give him something, he's going to hit you in the mouth. I'll give him that. That's the one thing about it. I, I, I thought that was really interesting right there. Of course, he spent, what, nine years in the National Football League himself, mm-hmm. David Shaw, and allegedly he is interested in returning to the game. Something tells me, does, does anyone smell NIL? It's just so true, right? It's like, you know what, I'm, I'm getting out of here. I'm going where we 
we actually want to pay somebody and say, that's all right. Yeah, here you go. Um, David Shaw, I think that's a name that you might want to keep on the radar as well. Just for Denver, or do you think no, with any of these jobs? teams yeah. that are out there, no okay. doubt. Yeah, no, that's certainly somebody that, look, if he wanted to come to the Cardinals, he'd just be going from the Cardinal to the Cardinals, so he only has yeah. to add the one S there, too. Uh, we uh, joined Burns and Gambo today from 2 to 6.30 at Sanderson Ford as they can cap off the Big Red Rig giveaway. They're going to be giving away concert tickets and movie passes and special guest Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman Will Hernandez will be there signing autographs from 4.30 to 5.30. We come back. The NFL playoffs begin in just a couple days, but without some big-name quarterbacks. We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke. It's the lowdown with Lorenzo Alexander as well on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke Lorenzo Alexander is here for the Lowdown. It is Thursday, and it's the Thursday this week before the start of the NFL playoffs. So we were talking about this earlier in the week, like excitement for these playoffs and just you know how how good they could potentially be. Because I I think there's there's kind of four front runners, and then there's a few other teams that could win the Super Bowl. But as far as this weekend, some of these games on paper at least look potentially lopsided. And, and I'm going to start with the Bills, and I'm obviously have to talk about the Dolphins too. Um, they're not going to have Tua. Here's Ian Rappaport. Yeah, Mike McDaniel being very clear. Tua Tagovailoa has not progressed in the NFL's concussion protocol to a point where he would get on the field and do football activities. That means just based on where it is, the progression, he is not going to play this week. And there's still some uncertainty, though, with the Dolphins quarterback position. Teddy Bridgewater, who would otherwise be the starter, is dealing with a dislocated pinky on his throwing hand. So he is only completing short passes in practice. That means his availability is uncertain for this weekend's game. And that's why Mike McDaniel said Skyler Thompson, the rookie, who's actually seen a lot of game time this year, much more than anyone anticipated is as of this very second considered to be the starter. Now we'll see if Bridgewater is able to get to a point where he can make his normal throws later in the week. If he is, he will start. But of course, the Dolphins quarterback situation, as it has been, still in flux. I don't think Miami would have had a chance with Tua, although Miami surprised me on in yeah. that game in Buffalo where they kept it close right. a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, especially with Tua dealing with some of the mental issues or concussions, um, um, ramifications of what that meant early in this early in this season. Don't know what that looks like, right? Even if he does start, can he finish the game, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that they are. Um, Leaning to the side of let's be caution cautious in this in this regard because you know what we saw earlier this year was scary and and frightening and could essentially maybe it still will impact the rest of this young man's career. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter who they roll out at this point. This first round, the way the Bills are are currently playing, um, their own worst enemy in in my mind when you think about from an offensive standpoint is is this is themselves. And as long as Josh is in his zone and is making. Uh, being himself, but making the right decisions, because sometimes it's the only thing is when he wants to 
be a little too risque. Wants you know, I think he, I think even this like last game versus the Patriots, he threw another red zone interception. I'm like, man, I think do we lead the league in red zone interceptions <laughs> this year, man? I mean, but they're so explosive that they're able to overcome it. Yeah. And now you see the special teams coming alive, right? This defense is very dominant, and if they're playing great football collectively as you're going into the playoffs. And so it's going to be shocking if they're not once again um, at a neutral site in the AFC Championship game playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. Which would be in Atlanta. That just came out this morning. Is it Atlanta? Atlanta, Okay. Yeah. Wow, you know what? I'd, I'd actually love to see the NFL build a neutral site stadium. I would oh. love more on this. I'll talk to you about it off the air because where? I want to get a sidetrack <laughs> right now. You know, where? Somewhere in the small town, beautiful Midwest, where it's easy for a lot of teams to get to it. Anyways, don't get me, yeah, don't get me sidetracked on this right now. You said the Bills' own worst enemy. What do you think it is? Why do you say that? When when they, they hurt themselves? Yeah, I, I think they, when about? they hurt themselves and mainly that's it's coming from Josh right I think when he's learned how to hone his ability of when I need to be Superman and when the Superman play is throwing the check down or throwing it out of bounds I think sometimes when he presses right and that's and that's part of what makes him great right and so for him right. he's learned how to process when the right moment is but sometimes if the game is tight or I just want to put the hammer on these dudes right now in the game he makes that play that he should not make but so that's why I, and I never want to take it away from him. that's why it's a great line and I told him right. this weekend too when he runs the ball I said Josh man get down we we all respect you we all know you can run through anybody in the league but we don't need you to get hurt man yeah. it just takes one hit man get down he says I know so but I just can't help myself <laughs> I said that's the Dang, problem <laughs> Dang, it's alright so he's still in that nature and, and when anytime you're this close and you're that good and you have the ability to control the outcome and make by making plays that is a line that he always, he's always going to have to be aware and intentional about because of his natural tendency yeah. to be Brett Farvish so, right? so you're speaking more of an individual hurting them yeah <laughs> that's what it comes down to but I, I say the team being the worst the, right exactly Fumble, okay. somebody fumbling the ball <laughs> something like that turnovers right where you give the other team possession take points off off the board typically it's been Josh but it's a team uh, you know from the team perspective them being their worst or own worst enemy how much are they still driven by how close it was last year with the way it ended against the Chiefs or is that kind of a, I mean it's almost a year ago now yeah. is that kind of gone they've won yeah, seven in a row too right. I mean, they've beaten the Chiefs. I mean, I think that is a, I mean, obviously a driving force um, that they understand that these opportunities or the window to have these opportunities isn't like forever. Um, and there is a sense of urgency, and there's a difference between panic and urgency, right, that they need to capitalize on this opportunity. Because when you start looking at this roster and the young guys that are very dominant that haven't gotten paid yet, it's going to be extremely difficult to continue to keep this nucleus of guys around, especially when you look you know, defensively, uh, which seems they have gone through the draft. And so obviously they played Matt Milano and Von Miller and some other guys. Um, and Tredavious White, but both safeties, right? Um, you look at them, you look at Tremaine Edmonds, who's a, a significant piece of what they do. Um, you look at the on the other side, when we look at um, Davis, the young receiver that is a is a monster, right? And what, are you going to be able to pay him what he's worth? And so when free agency comes up, 
definitely going to have to make some difficult decisions um, as those guys come come available. And so you want to take – right now is the best time, right? Yeah. There's no time for tomorrow. There's no time for next year because you don't know what that holds. So I think there's a sense of urgency around that. And if and they fully are confident in their capabilities of doing it. It's about executing that moment. So um, – I'm excited for them. I know they're excited um, for this opportunity as well, and I think they're going to come out rolling. So you think Bills Chiefs, AFC Championship game? Yeah, that's what I'm rocking with, um, Bills Chiefs. I mean, obviously Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not overlooking them because they're a really good football team too. But um, everything that the Bills have gone through and overcome this year, because um, I think they would play the Bengals before they before the Bengals would play the Chiefs, based on the way they're situated, right? Yeah. I think that yeah, if everybody who should win should win, wins, wins yeah. right? So just the way they're playing collectively as a unit right now, they go out there and play a good, sound, clean game. It's really hard to beat them. It takes Patrick Mahomes-ish type talent, and I know uh, the Bengals have that ability as well when you think about Joe Burrow, but they haven't been there like Kansas City has and what he's able to do consistently year in and year out, what we've seen in these big-time moments. The Bengals get Baltimore this week. Here's Ian Rappaport on the Ravens quarterback situation, which is getting strange. Lamar Jackson did not practice today with the Baltimore Ravens, which, you know, if you look at it from a bigger picture, was a little bit surprising. I know there was a lot of people, MJ, that thought Lamar Jackson with that PCL sprain would be back for the playoffs. My understanding, his knee is just not feeling right. He has tried. He has done his rehab. He's done what he can. He just doesn't feel good. He's dealing with some swelling, just does not feel like himself, and that is why... It seems Tyler Snoop Hunley seems to be in line to start, but he's not fully healthy either. He's dealing with shoulder injuries, dealing with a wrist injury. He was limited today in practice while Lamar Jackson, of course, did not practice. And neither can go Anthony Brown who started week 18 would go. Baltimore is one of those teams that always seems to find a way to grind out wins and get into the playoffs. But this is the time of year I kind of worry about them if they fall behind in a game. Now, if you have Lamar, that's different. Right. Huntley's a, a pretty solid backup quarterback, but I, I can you see them beating Cincinnati if they don't have Lamar? No. Yeah. This is not dynamic enough. Yeah. I mean, he's mm-hmm. their X factor. He, you know, he he allows them to be special. Um, obviously, as a former MVP, and you can just. You know, not that Huntley doesn't have the ability, he just doesn't have the same capacity or playmaking ability. So that's one less thing as a defender that you're worried or stressed about. Um, and so I don't know if this team is, is, is good enough, especially when you think about outside, to, to be able to be explosive enough to keep up with a Bengals team that can throw up some points on you really quickly, even though I know the, the Ravens have a good defense. This Bengals offense has the ability to, you know, put up 25, 30 points um, in, in a playoff game by the way they throw the ball around and their uh, ability to run the ball with Mixon. I mean, they just a, a, a have a, a duality to them that's really second to only maybe – Maybe none. I mean, because even they, I think they run the ball better than than the Bills. I think Bills throw the ball better. But when you think about both of those collectively together, I think yeah. the Bengals are doing it at a high level. What do you say we talk a little NFC? How about that in the next beautiful part? Let's go ahead and because we haven't talked about the we NFC. We have not gone NFC. So we'll do that. Next they don't even, do they even matter? I think the oh, NFC yes. is not one. Do they matter? Yeah, yeah, Dallas is over there. Who wants to talk about them? <laughs> That's true. We don't want to talk about Dallas. That's a fair point. <laughs> Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, when we come back, we'll go NFC with the playoffs starting here in just a couple days. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke, Lorenzo Alexander.
Alexander is in with the lowdown on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Fifteen year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke. A guy who epitomizes class, integrity, and is a true gentleman. The Lowdown. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Alright, before we get back in the playoffs too, Wolf, we gotta we gotta point this out. Zoe is like the most punctual yeah. guy there is, right? Oh yeah. Well, he's, so, a, he's a former football player. Well, I don't know that every former football player is punctual. Well, there's a lot of them. The vast majority. The majority, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Zoe tells uh, you know Rick and, and uh, Lauren behind the glass, you know, I'm, I'm going to be five minutes late today, which is unheard of for Zoe. <laughs> right. And he was here on time. Yes. <laughs> so his version of late is still being on time. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like rushing. Uh, and I and I was rushed. I, you know, I had to jog up the stairs and get in here and plug in and be ready. I like to be relaxed. And a lot of it goes back to my uncle. He used to be say, "Hey, I'm gonna pick you up at nine o'clock." And really, what he was saying, "I'm picking you up at eight thirty. And so I can't tell you how many times I'm like in the shower getting dressed, and he's honking and like, "Man, where you at?" And honking, "I'm gonna leave you." Like you said, nine o'clock. Like, so eight forty one. Yeah. So it's it's built in me. So yeah, I felt a little panicked. Thought I was gonna get here. A little bit later than what I did, but I was—I had my foot to the gas in the F-150. You know, it's so funny, too, because when you played in college, of course, um, college football, man, they used to punish you if you were late, okay? Oh, and everyone, oh they right so? You know it. Oh, oh my the, goodness, the, they're going to the wake rolls, you up yeah. at 4.30 yeah. in the morning. You're going to run gassers. That's what you're going to do. That's how you're going to pay for it. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, when you got into the NFL, <laughs> man, they're taking your money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bruh. I think I'd rather give up the money than have to wake up at four thirty and run. Oh, that and the barrel. Who was a barrel roll? Oh yeah. Oh man, we used to have coach make us roll a hundred yards and then roll back, and you would get up and be so like sick to your stomach <laughs> in the wet grass. Like you said, it'd be thirty degrees outside, rolling in the grass, and just feeling sick to your stomach. All right, so that's why Zoe's on time. Yes, well, it sounds yes, like it started yes. for you before yeah, football. It did. Even. Yeah. That, that just reinforced why you're okay. never late. Got that right. <laughs> uh, all right, over to the NFC with some of these games. We're going to start Vikings-Giants because, Wolf, you tried to convince me earlier this week that this is like the game of the weekend, and I'm, I'm kind of coming around. Because it's like, there, to me, there's only two games where I don't feel strongly like we know who's going to win. There can be surprises, obviously. But going in, I feel like Jaguars-Chargers kind of up in the air, and I feel like Vikings-Giants mm. is up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of this Vikings matchup, Zoe? I can see that because the Vikings have given up a, a boatload of yards and points this year. And if I'm going to rock with a coordinator that I knows how to attack matchups and, 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 and expose you for who you are, that's Brian Dable. Yeah. From when he was Buffalo, which goes back to when he was at New England Patriots. And that's, that's what all they did do in New England. Whatever you do... Um, the worst, that's what they want to attack, <laughs> right? Right? Bill, from a defensive perspective, yes. is going to take your best away. Offensively, they attack what you do the worst. So if you can't stop the run, they're going to run the ball 50 times. If you can't stop the pass, they're going to run the, and they'll run the same thing over and over and over. And, and then when you think you got it, 
make the same look different. And so knowing what they've been able to do, knowing how Saquon has uh, reemerged this year as far as a runner, I mean, I think they have a, a real legitimate shot. Because uh, when you look at the Vikings, they're resilient because they've won a lot of these games. But, I mean, they probably, I think, lead the league. I think they're like the, the 2022 version of what the Bengals were last year, right, when they are probably, what, 7-1 or 8-0 in like three-point games that come yeah. down to the last drive. And so they are um, there for the picking to where one of those things can fall the, the, the wrong way and obviously the worst uh, the worst time in the playoffs. And I also like, too, just the fact you got Kirk Cousins. And we all know the reputation that Kirk Cousins has. Mm-hmm. I, I love the guy. Uh, he's very, very good, very talented, posts up some really nice numbers <laughs> year in yeah. and year yeah, out. Yeah. And yet we all know it's about going out and winning the big one. We like it, Kirk. We like it a lot, right? Um, it's about winning the big game. And um, that's why this is fascinating to me because now it's a playoff game. And also on the other side is Daniel Jones, right? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. I just said that like yeah. I was a uh, Pacino. Okay, look. Um, In what movie? The, the, forget about okay. it. Okay. The, the Vikings and the Giants. There's uh, two quarterbacks, two men that are trying to silence a narrative that has surrounded them both. I can't. Can't wait to see that. That's interesting. Well, and Daniel Jones, to me, is one of the most improved players in the league this year, which probably goes back to Brian Dable. Yeah. Um, you know, t- also to your point, Zoe, Minnesota's won 13 games this year, two of them by more than one score, which is... It can be viewed a few different ways, right? I mean, it's it's a skill, right? You're winning all the close yeah. games until it isn't. I mean, right. none of those help them uh, this weekend when they're playing the Giants if they're down by four with 10 seconds left. Because if they lose the game, nobody's going to be like, well, but they won 11 close games this year, so we'll just move them on to the next round. Right. And these are two teams that like to play closer games, so I just, it feels it feels like a game that with five minutes left is going to be up in the air. And I'll say this to to, to Wolf's point, um, I, I think more, more of the pressure based on past experience Experiences or past performances is on the Minnesota Vikings and mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah. Daniel Jones and the Giants ain't supposed to be in this position yeah. really this year, right? They've uh, uh, exceeded above expectations in a lot of ways um, and what they've been able to do in that first year under Brian Dable. And so when you get back to that close games, even though they've shown signs of being calm and finding ways, well, that same, and you'll see this when, when it goes from regular season to playoffs, people put this additional layer of pressure on themselves because a game is quote unquote different right um, because you're playing for more which it is but that's still a mental gymnastic you can get over and then you throw all that additional baggage of what has happened to the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs over the last you know probably six or seven years I don't know how long Curtis feel like he's been down there for about that long has happened to them every single year mm-hmm. right you get into a tight game is it, am I going to think what happened this year or am I think about an interception I threw to, to end the game maybe a year or two ago so how, how do they handle that additional layer of, of pressure that's going to be applied to them. Uh, Cowboys, Giants, or Cowboys, Buccaneers. You talk about teams Buccaneers. With, with why, why are we even talking you about the Cowboys? Buccaneers. Buccaneers. <laughs> this is great. Why do you say it so dismissively? Well, I mean, it's... <sighs> The Cowboys are just, they are who we thought they are. I mean, they do it every single year, right? They gonna they build everybody they up. Yep, the Cowboys have all of, uh, you know, the America's team and all the Cowboy Nation super happy. Oh, we're in the playoffs. We're this. We had a chance to win a division, and then they end up letting you down. And we saw a precursor, and we saw this with the Cardinals last the year. The Bears are who we thought they were. 
right. They, you got to let him off the hook. You <laughs> We're waiting. Right, coach. They stump, stumbling into the playoffs. I mean, their football really hasn't looked that great the last month. When you think yeah. about um, the teams that they lost to and how it looked losing to them. Should have lost to Houston. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then they're now they're walking into the playoffs like that. And you put on top what they traditionally do when they get into the playoffs. And so it's not too far for me to, to not remember what happened to an Arizona Cardinals team that was playing great football. Or a year before that, a Pittsburgh Steelers team that was playing great football, great record, winning all these games. And then you stumble into the playoffs and you're not playing your best football. And then you end up losing. On top of Dallas being Dallas and me never rooting for him. And then <laughs> there it is. I'm going to look yes. on the other side. Right, and I'm going to look is. at Tom Brady, right? He hasn't had the greatest year or whatnot, but he's a winner and knows how to win when it counts. And, I, and you know, I know obviously some of the coaches over there, they have pieces. They haven't done it. But uh, I'm, I'm always going to – I'm going to err on that when I put them up against the Cowboys. And, yes, I am biased. But Tom Brady and what they're able to do, I think I'm going to rock with that for the one week, one game that they got to win over everything else that the, the star has represented yes. over the last – I don't know. When's the last time they they won anything? Ninety five since ninety five. <laughs> yeah, you know it's, it's, it's even earlier. Actually. So, Tom Brady, uh, how do you how do you think? Uh, how far do you think Tom Brady goes in this postseason? Um, so obviously, they, you think they're right, going to beat the Cowboys? Yeah. So what what are they? The fourth four seed, obviously, they, they get right? Philly, probably. Yeah. I mean, and that's just not. I mean, Philly's just a better team, especially when you think about. Um, Jalen having an extra week of rest to make sure that his shoulder's right. The way that that team is playing, physical, explosive, they're just a better football team from top to bottom and, and, and have really played good all year. Obviously, when you're playing in a new situation, playoffs, and what it means more, it, that's another layer you want to see Jalen. You know, does he mm-hmm. take this Jalen versus Tom Brady thing and try to apply more pressure and plays outside of himself or continues? But I think just a collection of who the Philadelphia Eagles are, I think, is a better football team than than Tampa Bay. So I'll say, you know, second round. Um, and, and a lot of that will be predicated on what I see in that first game versus Dallas. Yeah. Join Burns and Gambo today from 2 to 6.30 p.m. at Sanderson Ford as they cap off the Big Red Rig giveaway. They'll be giving away concert tickets, movie passes, special guest Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman Will Hernandez will be there signing autographs from 4.30 to 5.30 as well. We come back. If it isn't Sean Payton, who should the Cardinals go after? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke. Lorenzo Alexander is here with the lowdown as well on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their Arizona Sports. Here we go, fellas! 15-year NFL veteran, Lorenzo Alexander, joins Wolf and Luke. A guy who epitomizes class, integrity, and is a true gentleman. The Lowdown, brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Hi, welcome back. Wolf and Luke, we've got Lorenzo Alexander here for the lowdown. One more segment of the lowdown. And so much of the focus for the Cardinals from the fan base is can you get Sean Payton, right, Wolf? That's what it all is. It's been that way, honestly, it's been that way for a few months, it feels like. And they're trying. They have uh, permission to interview him. In case you're just joining us, Denver is going to interview Sean Payton on Tuesday morning. But uh, there's also a chance they don't get Sean Payton. And so we figure we may as well at least look at some of these other coaches because there's a pretty good chance it, it will be one of them. You sent over the Vegas odds. And it's funny because you wrote at the end, why are these people on the list? And it's right. great. The last 
the last, like, I don't understand why the last few names are on here. Larry Fitzgerald, Matt Leiner, Carson Palmer, J.J. Watt. <laughs> they actually have odds for these guys. Right. They have odds for Fitz, man. Hey, I mean, that man. just blew my mind. They, you know, some people are suckers, and I'm going to put $100 on Fitz. Especially when they're, like, they're a little um, uh, tired, I should yeah. say, in Vegas. And like, oh, Fitz, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, okay. yeah. Inspired. Yeah. <laughs> to say it. So, yes, that's, uh, that's Vegas just taking your money. But some of these other names on here, I'm going to rattle off uh, eight of them. We can talk about whoever you want here, Zoe. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, Dan Quinn. Jim Harbaugh, Shane Steichen, Ben Johnson, Byron Leftwich, Demeco Ryan's, and Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph is going to get an interview. He may. Right. So I mean, that's that's he's he's the favorite according to Vegas, even with Sean Payton right now, because Sean Payton and, and Vance Joseph tied, and then there's a drop off. So I want to start there with you, since you obviously can bring a defensive perspective. What do you think about the concept of a defensive head coach on a team that is trying to build around Kyler Murray? Um. Sean McDermott, Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Allen, right? Um, brought in Brian Dable. So it's possible. I think everybody always wants the head coach to be an offensive guy. Um, obviously, that's a trend. We think about Sean McVay, uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan, um, mm-hmm. what's my guy in um, uh, Green Bay? Um, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur, right? Um, McDaniel, right? You want these young offensive-minded guys and think that you have to have that in order to have a dominant quarterback and dominant offense when you don't. You I don't have tell to you have the guy sitting to my right wants a defensive guy, yeah. but not Sean Payton, right, Wolf? Well, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And I see why that, because defensive guys are normally typically more physically minded. Yeah. More, yeah, yeah, right, yes, they right? are. They just, just yes, typically they are. are versus offense. Oh, we can ease off, walk through, get the timing right, <laughs> make sure we're on the same page, right? Just generally speaking, Jeff, I'm a stereotype that's that's what you kind of get out, especially like a new age guy. Yeah. Look, you can't you can't walk through nine on seven. I like the way you right. said timing right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't. Right. Okay, so it's got to be part of your culture that, you know what, we practice around here, and we're going to practice hard. And Vance Joseph, I believe, would totally bring that to the Arizona Cardinals. This is a guy that I know he's got a good relationship with Kyler. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, he's so respected in the locker room, Vance. Yeah. And yeah, I know you. You know um, Vance Joseph to some degree, but he's respected in the locker room. He, he would bring the kind of culture, I think, as well that I, I love. And not only that, but he's got separation from the quarterback. He's got separation from Kyler. I kind of like that separation where, you know what, this is not a peer situation any longer. Yeah. I'm the head coach. Right. You're the you're the very talented, awesome franchise right. quarterback, but I'm the head coach, and I'm going to make the decisions around here. Right. And I'm going to tell you what to do. Yep. No, I hear that. And I think that can be done either way, but I, I understand why you would say that, especially with a defensive guy and Vance Joseph. Um, the it's, I think it's about – how they come in and, and reestablish the culture because that's what we're talking about. And so you have to hit the, whoever comes in. Need, it needs to be a hard line, right? There's it, there can't be any more of this gray. Or if you're this person, you can cross this line. This it, it is a hard line to establish the culture of what I want this football team to be because it, it needs to be drastically different. Mm-hmm. So it's going to feel different. It needs to be a hard line, and it needs to be communicated consistently. 
And as you then, like, again, my experience, when you find success in the established culture has been implemented and adopted by everybody, then you can kind of start loosening up in some areas as things progress. But you, until you get it and everybody adopts this and embodies that, you, you can't do that. And so um, I don't know Vance enough to, to know that. It sounds like you do and, and, and have full faith that he will do that. Um, but whoever it is, that's, that is what needs to be done as far as setting establish the standard. And if you're not going to do it, you're not going to be here. Right. You right. will have to find an opportunity <laughs> somewhere else. And I do not care who you are or how much money you make. And again, Sammy Watkins, top pick. Marcel Darius, top pick. Gone. I'm like, man, they, man, this. And for a young player to see that, like, man, this is the star. This, yes. I grew up seeing Sammy, or this is a first round pick, or this dude made how much money, and they letting these dudes go? Yeah. Yes. And so you're not only sending a message to that guy, like, that's not going to fly, but the rest of the locker room sees that. Oh, this dude ain't here because he ain't buying in? And, I, and you just got to be hardline like that. And obviously, the owner has to give you room to do that, knowing that this is not going to be necessarily the, the Giants where I'm in the playoffs the next year. But when you do that stuff, bring in some guys in free agency that embody what it means to be a professional in this league that can play ball, you become the Giants or the Bills in three or four years, right? You get to the playoffs, and then you're able to grow to where you want to be where your perennial playoff team year in and year out. But that has to be the, the process. And now the man that carries that hat has to be firm in that and have to, ha- and that has to be a part of who he is as well. I, I think what you just said is non-negotiable, and I think probably unanimously Cardinals fans would agree that's the way it's got to be. So now the question is, and I don't want to single him out, but I think he would be the one most likely to get the special treatment if he pushed the boundaries because I'm, I'm looking at this team and it's like, okay, who 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 would you look at and be like, oh, I can't I can't tell Buda Baker he can't do that. Well, Buda Baker's not going to push the boundaries. No, yeah, those guys aren't aren't going to ever do it right. But if you're laying down the law as the new coach and Kyler Murray's kind of pushing like, I don't, come on, I'm Kyler Murray. Do I have to, what are yes. you supposed to do with Kyler Murray? Cause, yes, you Because you have everything. How, how can you enforce that with him? Well, you can enforce it. I mean, it's easy to enforce stuff. I mean, it may be looked different. Maybe you can't cut him or whatnot. But first of all, a conversation needs to be had man-to-man, face-to-face. And like, hey, this is what I need from you. You say, right, you say you want to be great. Yeah. All right. What What does that look like? What are you doing to re- to back up what you're talking about? Uh, I don't know. All right. Well, this is what you need. I'm at the X, Y, Z. This is what we need from you. And if that doesn't occur, then maybe you start trying to trade a guy. You get him out of there. I mean, nobody's bigger than the team. Especially, especially not if, when you're winning four games. Yes. And, and if you want to go to a certain spot, you got to have buy-in. And if you, after going through what this team went through this year and last year and the year before that, as far as falling apart, right, and not getting to where you want to go and you're not humble enough to say, let me do it a different way, let me improve on myself in these areas, talking about everybody that's going to be a part of this organization moving forward, then I'm sorry. I don't want you around. That's what culture does. Yeah, you're going to help us lose. That's because what culture does. Because if you stay does. the same, yeah. right? So, yes. Everybody. Even I'm not so talking to the team at the start of next year. Same thing, right. Everything is sifted through the culture of your team that you establish. I, I just, and nobody misses hey, that sift. I say this every time, man. I, 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 right. Everybody's expendable to, to some degree, especially when you see certain guys Peyton Manning, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana. Um, uh, it's a, just a ton of guys out there. I'm like, man, these are great. These are guys I grew up, Hall of Fame, and they end up on different teams. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and you ain't even scratching nothing they has ever done. Uh, you expendable too. And that's how I used to approach it. Like, man, I'm, I'm, I know I'm always expendable, but guys, that's you got to put it in perspective, right? You, it's it's a blessing to play in this league. It is a it, 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 it's, it's not a right, right? You've worked hard to get here, but it's a blessing to be able to play in this league, and you're not mm-hmm. owed anything. And if you're not respecting the game and respecting the process, then I know for me, if I'm a coach or if I'm a coordinator or whatever that looks like, and I'm in that, I don't I don't want you. I rather I rather lose with guys that's going to give it all and be all in and going in the right direction, trying to do it the right way, than hope and wish I'm gonna get something out of a guy just because he's talented. And that's why I think the the biggest thing where some coaches fall victim of is the talent. It's, it's, it can it can put a little magical mist over your eyes. And, man, I'm just so enamored with this talent. I, I think I can do it. But <laughs> the guy keeps telling you who they are, right? Show me something. No, this is who I am. No, show, no this is who I am. All right, I'm going to believe you. All right, I'm going to give you a shot in my new relationship. But if you continue, if I see, oh, no, I saw, I saw this before. Hey, man, let's get on the phone and try to make something happen. Right, and that's and that's not just directed at Kyler. That's directed at anybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. And everybody that's that's in that locker room. And when everybody everybody feels that, then you you're gonna either jump on or you're gonna be somewhere else, and you may be okay with that. Cool. All right, we good with that. We can agree, and we'll part ways. I I mean, that's just how you gotta rock. This is a hundred percent what this what this team needs. And it's tough to say because a lot of this team may not be back next year. A lot of it isn't gonna be back. But that mentality, if you're talking about the culture, which I think Michael Bidwell is a hundred percent on board with that. Yes. if you want to win, yes. if you don't want, if you want to be average, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. If you want to win four games yeah. and collect a paycheck. I guess you can keep doing it. The yeah. way you're doing it. Uh, we could do this conversation for a while, but we're up against the break because I, I have I have other thoughts. Like, is it is it more difficult if you are a younger, newer coach? Does it have to be a Sean Payton or a Jim Harbaugh to implement that? Uh, we can get into that next time. So, yeah. <laughs> great stuff, man. I, we always appreciate you stopping right, by. Yeah, yeah, always. Thanks a lot. That's Lorenzo Alexander stopping by with the lowdown as he does every Thursday. Coming up next, we're going to go through all the latest sports stories in Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.